This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to the Nutramedical Report. One of my favorite guests is here, and it was a very dry sense of humor and facts to back it up. And in recent stripes from being banned from another institution of being able to speak your free mind and actually display facts, evidence, and even common sense logic without vile emotion, emotionalism, or uh, anti-anything, uh, is Bill Warner from politicalislam.com. Bill, uh, where were you recently banned, and what was the reason behind it? Well, I was going to speak at a, at a security event that was being held as a fundraiser by a candidate for governor. And so it was going to be held at a Christian university, which she and her family had been associated with for three generations. Uh-huh. And so everything seemed fine. And then all of a sudden, CARE, the Committee on American-Islamic Relations, uh, a front for Hamas, sent out their little people over, sent an email saying, you know, this guy is a hater, a racist, a bigot, and an Islamophobe, and you don't want him on your campus. And then an instant format uh, petition signer, which is advanced Nashville or something like that, delivered a electronic petition which said this man should not be allowed to speak. And so, guess what? I was not allowed to speak. But my remark is this. I've been thrown out of better schools than Trevecca University. Tell us, sir. <clears throat> what I'm seeing is a general rule of thumb, and I've been doing Genesis now uh, 13 years, and before that, about five years on Clear Channel. And uh, what I'm noticing is anti intellectualism. Yes. I'm noticing tribalization, not just of the geopolitical realm, but everything. Yes. Science, medicine. I'm seeing basically everything turning into what they call a, an anti-logic form of cult, cultism. Everything's turned into a priesthood of tribalization. It's really weird. It's almost like if you have a difference of opinion, we have a right to punch you in the face or shoot you dead. It, it, and it's not just the geopolitics. In fact, and they'll use kind of crazy statements like, for example, the statements against Donald Trump saying he's racist. I can tell you from knowing people around Donald Trump, he's the most non-racist person you can imagine. So he's when he's saying, and I don't believe he said the things that the senator said. I'm not even going to mention his name at this recent meeting, you know, talking about immigration. But the S-hole word about places like Haiti and Africa, many of these poorest countries on the planet, they are S-holes. But yes, they smart, are. But, but they are. But the thing is, there are smart people from these places like Haiti that are geniuses or just talented, say, welders that we want to bring into the country. I don't care what their skin color or their nationality is. But you got to understand Islam, no matter whether you're a blue-eyed, blonde-haired uh, Muslim from Chechnya or you're a Chinese or whatever from, from Western China, from uh, you know, the Western Chinese republics or you're Malaysian, Islam is a cancer. It's a cancer. You have to diagnose it correctly. We're, you're like a geopolitical physician. You say, hmm, listen to the cardiac sounds, check your muscles, <laughs> and you're saying, you know what, I've translated, you've done this now, I'm going to say this to everybody. You go to political Islam, you've translated the Quran. Some idiot sent a message to me here. And so you, you've translated the Quran, 
and hadith and the words of Muhammad in a lineal pattern, so actually logical people, they just read it, they say, this doesn't sound like the Quran I heard before. Of course, and it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. And the reason why it doesn't is because it's vile. It shows he did 20, I think, it's, I'm not going to be writing the number, I think 29 jihads himself. Of course, he wasn't successful initially until he started doing jihads, which are killing people and raiding uh, farms and burning down their crops like the Jewish uh, uh, farms and so on, or date palms in Yemen, uh, which he succeeded in doing back, you know, at the time he was building his religious background. And um, uh, basically turning it into a, a vile cult. And, of course, he made alliances uh, Muhammad did with the Vatican to try to kill off Christians in Egypt and elsewhere that were different kinds of Christians than the so-called the one the Vatican type Christians. People need to understand Islam, no matter what it is, it's chameleon. If you look at the book of Revelation, you look at all the seventy letter to the seven churches. All those churches and all those cities are either defunct, don't exist anymore, those cities, or they're Muslim now in Turkey. That's exactly right. Here's another city that's disappeared as well. Do you remember Saul of Tarsus? Right. There's not a single Christian left in Tarsus. Not a single Christian. Right. So let's let's face the music here. The reason why Islam is allied with the globalists is because the globalists want to use these maniacs that want to change the world. And when they come to an area, they don't come to integrate their population because they got smart engineers, doctors, and other people. No, no. They come to change your culture because you're inferior. You just don't worship Allah. You're part of the kafirs or the, the vile and if you did their things, and they tell you everything from what to eat and how to even have sex with your wife, or how what size of of, of thing you can strike your wife with a with a switch if she misbehaves, or do marital rape, or even like the discussions going on in Turkey, there's a vile discussion between this religious uh, party that backs the uh, Maduro, the I mean uh, Erdogan, the president of Turkey. Uh, and this religious group is saying they can marry a girl as early as nine and a boy as early as 12. And, and of course, the, air, the age of, of adult consent is 18 in Turkey, which is common sense. And yet these maniacs think that child or, you know, we call preteen or even teen marriage is okay when these kids are barely able, these girls are able to have a period, let alone the idea of being courted or having sex is insane. Yet in Islam, it's considered standard. In fact, in Afghanistan, pedagogy, which is basically having sex with boys, is considered standard. So people need to understand that Islam is a vile religion, isn't it? Well, it certainly is. I don't even discuss it as a religion. I discuss it as a political system. Because, uh, and by the way, you know, where they get, yeah, you, know where they get that, you know where they get that nine-year-old limit in Turkey? <clears throat> where? Allah Muhammad. Muhammad consummated his marriage to Aisha when she was nine years old. So yeah, I think Muhammad, he actually. I think he had a ceremony before him when she was six, though. But he consummated. He married her when she was six, but he was patient and waited until she was nine. Right. I think he waited until she had her first period, because she had her first period at nine. Now the problem. Now you have to understand, Islam is a vile religion. Now, it may produce more babies because you start having sex with girls at nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, and when they actually can reproduce, by the time they're in their mid twenties, they can have six or eight kids. And if you actually look at the number. The reproductive number, say, of Palestinians, the Palestinian ratios of babies per each Palestinian man is, I think, like 3.6 or 3.8. The average ratio for an Israeli Jewish man is 1.1, which is not sustainable. And if you look at places like in Japan, 40% of males and females have never had sex, and they're, you know, up in their 20s and 30s, and they don't ever intend to have sex. We have a society that's going to hell in the handcart, except for the damn Muslims, and they're taking over the world with a baby carriage. 
It's crazy, well, isn't it? The genius of Islam and Muhammad's concept of civilizational war, <clears throat> Muhammad is a, was able to use any aspect of being a human being as an element of a civilizational war, including right. the womb of a woman, sex. A head, a head scarf becomes an, uh, a struggle <clears throat> against politicization of your uh, society. I mean, who would have thought you could take a mega headscarf part of a marching orders for destruction of a civilization? Well, well look, 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 and by the way, you have to understand the, the dark alliances. I have Iranian friends. You know, recently I had uh, traveled to a place where I had a gentleman from Iran when I was up in Portland. A private uh, kind of uh, company would take you around in their cars and so on. He owned a car company in Portland. And uh, he had recently been in Iran, and he actually sent me video clips directly uh, from Iran that the CIA brought in the Ayatollah Khomeini, and they actually even reproduced the tapes to make sure they brought him in. They actually brought in the Shah of Iran and got rid of Mossadegh, who basically wanted the British oil company to actually make a plastics and a petrochemical factory in Iran from all the oil they had. But the British wouldn't agree, the BP oil company. And what you have to understand is they took out the Shah and put in the Ayatollah Khomeini. So all those mullahs there, and they, want, they got lots of mullah from the idiot of Barack Obama, so the globalists are in alliance with Islam. They want to use them like a clenched fist or a hammer to hammer the world into a position so they'll be borderless. And, I mean, look at the violence going on in, in places like Norway and Sweden. They have to color their hair dark. They have to wear headscarves and, and long leggings so they can't display the fact that they have hot blondes in Norway or Sweden. And as a result, because they don't want to be raped and they even have tags on them and say, don't rape me. I mean, really. But if you, you don't know. tell them that, they don't know not to do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sure. I don't think they're going to respect that uh, little tag. <laughs> I uh, uh, yeah. I, I think that anybody who's delusional enough to think Islam in any form is okay, it's convenient. It has to be. It becomes whatever it has to be to dominate you in whatever country you're in. things I find most interesting is because we see things so overt, for example, they now call it shadow banning, banning uh, from Twitter. And they say they're going to actually say that certain kinds of speech aren't acceptable. So they want to have use AI to actually shadow ban even when people do live Twitter on a live Twitter account. And there's called by even people that I use the director of Twitter to see if they can shadow ban comments by our President Trump or anybody that uses certain kinds of structured language <clears throat> one of the things you mentioned on the break which i think is quite funny is they couldn't argue about the statistics you have what you mentioned in islam but they use racist epithets to say that you're racist you're anti-religious you're this or that anti-islam and what they should have said i'll accept the first three things you said if you'll say it's all based on statistics and facts because right. that's what's going on the problem is they don't want to accept that but i see this actually creeping in every aspect whether it's medicine science, technology, literally, uh, and one of the more vile things that I've heard lately is the flat earth. This is in the form of religious flat earth uh, 
eschatology and cultic belief systems that invades the mind to the point where people think this is like religious flat earth technology, isn't it? Talking about Islam being another normal Abrahamic religion, which is BS. It's not. Well, as you know, I reject the whole concept of even talking about their religion. What I talk about is on Islam is how they hit, how they impact me, which is right. not religiously. You're talking about political. In other words, you don't have to get into the religious aspects if you just talk about the effects of how it affects you and any other nation that actually comes into because it doesn't come into a nation to integrate. It comes in to invade and to dominate, doesn't it? Well, it has a special name for migration, which is called Hijra. And the Hijra is so important that their entire calendar is based on it. Briefly, Muhammad's life is summarized into two phases after he became the prophet of Allah. And in the first phase, all he preached was religion, and he only converted 150 people in 13 years. He then became a jihadist and, a, and went into politics, and then when he died, every Muslim around, every Arab around him had become Muslim. Right, well, the so same thing is going on with the... In fact, we have uh, Jonathan Gray will be back on tomorrow, and his thesis, which he has his website called BeforeUs.com, is that the three woes of the Book of Revelation are actually jihads by Islam. And we're into the third woe right now. We're actually into the final woe, or you should say woe, uh, that is basically the worldwide Islamification of the planet. Which would produce nothing but war. Right. War and death. War and death. That's exactly what it would produce. Which is the game, because if you want to create a dialectic of destruction, you create enough Muslim invasion of, of nations like Europe and America, and eventually you'll have a crusade against it. And the, it's like the third letter by uh, Albert Pike, which has been kept in the British Library for over 100 years, indicates that what would happen is a war where the crusaders and the Muslims will kill each other and it will expunge all religions except for Satanism, which is high-level Masonic uh, Druidicism. People don't understand this, that they, the intention is to use the globalists, to use Islam to destroy most of the Western world, and for the Western world to destroy most of Islam. That's what the game is, isn't it? Well, you know, I can't qualify that, but I do know this. Islam doesn't need any help when it comes to destruction. It has enough on its own. I'm not now, sure that Islam... But let, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, because we know the CIA brought in the mullahs. I called them, and now they got a lot more mullah from Obama. Mullah, money. <laughs> and... Uh, what's amazing is Trump has the common sense to say, you know, this is ridiculous, because they're now not using the money so they can buy cheaper eggs for the people, because they had to kill a lot of their eggs off when they had a, uh, a uh, chicken flu virus that killed a lot of the chickens. And they're not making food more uh, easy or home or, in, or places of education or, you know, much of the population, 30, 40 percent, I think, are unemployed under age 40. Right. That is so, the result, so you have smart people, the Iranian people, I know Iranian people, they're smart people. These people are just as smart as Westerners until the 70s. They had girls in miniskirts with makeup and yep. nice hair and everything. And then all of a sudden they brought in these mullahs and these religious maniacs. And now if you're not covered up, man, you're in big trouble. It'll <clears> hurt. <throat> It'll be painful. Yeah. And the people are getting fed up with it. I mean... The young people realize they're not only they're starving, they have no future, they have to leave the country if they get an engineering degree, and there's at least two major engineering training schools in Iran, and their graduates are well accepted in Britain, Canada, and elsewhere. So as a result, they have to leave. I heard the immigration of like 3.4 million people per year that are educated in Iran leave the country because they can't, they can't stand living there, and they can't get a job there. <clears throat> By the way, there's also an ecological disaster coming along. There's massive 
parts of uh, what used to be called Persia that are becoming desertified. That is, they're running out of water. But the, tra- the Iranian people who are Persian, now there are some Iranians who are Arabs, but they usually make a distinction amongst themselves. Right. But by the way, to show you what a racist bigot I am, I happen to think that many of the classical Iranians who are Persian are quite beautiful people, both men and women. See, I've revealed right. my bigot nature right there. Well, that's because the Caucasians from the Southern Caucasus are very similar genetically to the people like the Georgians and, and the other people in the area. They're not yeah. Arabs. <clears throat> They're not uh, Arab. Yeah, and then also the Persian culture is probably one of the oldest cultures on the planet. It's, this is uh, correct. It, it's in the age range of ancient Egypt. We're, people don't understand <clears throat> all the ancient Hebrews, for example, <clears throat> that were the ancient tribes that were considered part of Israel, were all Egyptians. Moses was an Egyptian. All the Hebrews are Egyptians. Moses name, the Jew- that's for sure. The, yeah, the Jews, the Jews are Egyptians. People don't know that. They don't really, they're Egyptians. Yeah, they were like a sub-tribe of Egypt. And what, what we have to understand is that the, the Persians have a long culture. They had freedom of speech, and it's only been about 40 years that things have been down the rabbit hole. And it was actually the CIA that did this because it's to the globalist uh, need, for example, that's why the Russians have caught us doing videotapes saving ISIS fighters from Raqqa and these other towns. And they're lying. I mean, the fact is they caught them on videotapes rescuing Islamic leaders from ISIS because, like, selfies with John McInsane near Amman, Jordan, back in 2009, 2011, he took selfies of him smiling with the uh, the guys being trained by Mossad and CIA operatives and, and uh, they used to call it Academy, which is Blackwater Security, training these guys and giving them equipment and sat phones so they can actually do their terrorist activity, supposedly against us and against the Syrian government, which is all manufactured by us. People don't understand this. We're actually, under Obama, we were supporting Islam. We were supporting right. Islam. Correct. <clears throat> and by the way, there was a player besides us in that bringing the uh, Ayatollahs in, and that was the Communist Party, the Tudor Party uh, in right. Iran. Right. Because they they were very important to bringing in the Mullahs. Now, they got a bitter lesson from that. Five days after Khomeini came to power, he issued death warrants for all the Tudor Party, Communist Party leaders. Right. Exactly. Kind of backfired, didn't it? Well, I say this because our leftist friends in America don't realize that they can be as kind as they want to to Islam. But if Islam ever gets the whip hand, they'll, they'll be the first to feel it on their backs. Now, what do you predict is going to happen this year? Because I think the revolution of the young people is tied to the fact that America and Saudi Arabia and Israel made a deal. And I think the young people realize that if they don't uh, get rid of the mullahs, they're going to get nuked. They're going to be at war with America, Israel, and their allies. And they're going to get smashed really badly. Well, I think they're getting smashed already without anybody else helping. Yeah, exactly. Already they're starving to death and having to leave the country and they're in a desperate situation and they realize we gave them hundred plus billion dollars it's not getting to the people it's getting to Hezbollah and missile defense systems and, and weapons in 1992 to Israel for the first time with a pastor from uh, Ontario, Canada. And uh, we were staying on Tom Hess's house of prayer on the Mount of Olives. I actually, a few days later, went over to Jerusalem. And uh, we went on a Friday, and a Muslim man came up to us, and he put out his hand, he said, Bakshis, Bakshis, I don't know what the heck Bakshis was. And all of a sudden, he put his hand down inside his gown, and he was going to pull something out, and 
a stonemason came over us. His name was Nicolas Saliba, who was actually the stonemason for the Church of the Salt Holy Sepulchre and the Russian Orthodox Church on the Mount of Olives. And he pulled him back because he knew he was about to stab us because we didn't understand what the heck Bakshish was, which is give us alms or else. Right. And you made, you made a statement uh, that they smile at your face with hate in their heart. And this is a fact. They consider it a religious obligation to lie to you while they smile at you. It's really well, disgusting. This all goes back, this all goes back to uh, the, the, one of the bases. It, the Quran is only part of the basis of being a, a Muslim. It's part of Islamic doctrine. The other part is the Hadith. And one of my favorite hadiths, I'm going to quote you two different hadiths. One is from Ibn Kathir is, we smile at your face with hate in our heart. And then there's one by Bukhari in which Muhammad says at the mosque, who will kill Ashraf who has offended Allah and his prophet? And a Muslim said, I will, Muhammad, but I will need to deceive him. May I do so? Yes, deceive him. And then the story goes on about how Ashraf, who was a poet, an intellectual, was killed through the use of deception. Now, this is not a story or a tale. This is, though, I'm quoting to you from the book of Matthew, which means this is scripture. Right. So deception is built into Islam. And, of course, the first time I ran across the famous word takia, which is sacred deception, I was, like, stunned that a, quote, God, in quotes, would recommend deception. Well, there is a God, but, is it, but he's a lesser G-God. His name is Lucifer Satan. Otherwise known as Allah, the moon war god of Mecca and Medina. So, but anyway, right. smile at your face with hate in our heart. And yes, you, what you've said here is that there's two aspects this to Islam, which is Mecca and Medina. Mecca is generally religious, and that's the thing they like to trot out for interfaith gatherings. But then there's a deeper uh, Islam, which is the includes Medina, which has jihad built into it. Right. I like to say that when you arrange the Quran in the proper order, it becomes a novel. And the beginning of the novel is a hymn to God and ends with political domination of the world. It's an epic story. Right. When you make it a story in the Quran. Right. Now, my ancestors are Maronite Christians in Lebanon. In the 11th century, my ancestor was a general that uh, fought the Muslims through the Shuf Mountains around Beirut. And um, it was written down and passed through my uncles <clears throat> over a thousand years plus that, in fact, he said he didn't have, kill enough Muslims. He only killed personally with his own hand, 264. The fact is, Islam is vile, and the people that are dominated by it are abused, especially women. In fact, I remember the statement that was passed through the, to me about how Muslims view women. It's man, camel, goat, sheep, woman. Women are always at the lowest end of the totem pole in terms of the, the belief system, and they're considered property which is why you can just sit outside your tent, I divorce you, I divorce you three times, and it's done. <clears throat> you can also sign a, uh, a partial marriage certificate for two hours and go to be with a whore. Uh, and it's not considered a violation of your marriage. By That's called muta. Muta. And people don't believe all this stuff. They say, no, Muslims don't do that. I said, look, you know what? You need to grow up. Uh, what I often put on the show here, and I bring on guests like yourself that are geniuses that actually know the facts rather than BS, is I challenge people to say, if you think you know more than me and my guests, have the cojones intellectually to call in and actually use words. Not epithets of saying you're a racist, you're this or that. Because I'm not a racist. I don't care. I have a Mongolian patch, which means I got ancestors that are Mong Mongolian Chinese, okay? I, my, 
my family's got pretty well every race you can imagine, Scottish, Irish, French, German, whatever. I'm not a racist, and I can tell you it's ridiculous to say this kind of thing, especially in a nation like America that even voted in a president who wasn't even American, Barack Obama. And it's interesting, his name was recommended by Zvignyo Brzezinski based uh, on the idea of trying to use his Muslim background. And, of course, we see the converted director of the CIA and these other people, and we see an alliance between Islam and the globalists. It's a very dark alliance, and the, and the Muslims are so stupid, they don't understand the globalists are going to use them until they use them up. Now, see, I can I see... I predict a different ending than you do. You think the globalists can master the Muslim? I say that the Muslim will master the globalists. Uh, well, they'll try to, but I can tell you the, the back response is not just uh, the new directors of the nations of Hungary and Austria, but America with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not racist, but he's against what I call vile religion. Uh, you got to understand who, who Donald Trump is. He's a white hat, royal hat, arch, Scottish Rite Mason who's a do-gooder. He's probably the best president we've had since Hamilton. And he's actually a kid American patriot. So what's going on right now, he doesn't look specifically to say this is Islam or that. He just looks at it and says, what is it doing to us? He's putting us in danger. If there's terrorism, you can put the title in the front of it. And the, and the Democrats will never say this, Muslim terrorists. It's always Muslim terrorists. It's never... You know, you know, uh, you know, native terrorism, or you know, white, you know, uh, skinhead terrorism, or whatever the hell. It's always Muslim terrorism, isn't it? Well, if it's not always, it's certainly in the ninety percent range. Well, I, maybe it won't be absolute, but the few other ones are probably people that are mentally ill that probably should be locked up if they were they picked up for minor crimes uh, or called pre-crime. Which, by the way, I don't know why we don't use our databases to grab these people rather than harassing the public because. The national idea is coming in the next two years, and they're going to harass everybody over the fact that there's people that are in our nation shouldn't be here. For example, if we were sitting in there with being speaking Arabic, every mosque in America, what I've heard from real good statistics is 70% of the mosques, imams are preaching to first and second generation Muslims to become terrorists and become anti-American. And I heard that 51% of American Muslims out of 10.3 or 4 million actually believe in uh, uh, Sharia law. And 20% of Muslims in America believe in actually shooting or bombing against the fellow citizens if there's a specific uh, geopolitical reason for it. In other words, if they have a specific reason that's against the Quran, they're going to take up arms against fellow American citizens. That's not okay. To actually have that in a, in a private poll, say 20% of the 10 point whatever millions of Muslims think it's okay to literally, you know, fight against their own fellow citizens. Are they really Americans or are they just a Muslim metastasis to the body politic of America. Scary, isn't well, it? Well, when you talk about Muslims, there's one and a half billion of them, and I, don't, I, I try not to talk about them, but I will make one remark about Muslims. A Muslim who does not want Sharia law is not a fully compliant Muslim. So they're not compliant with all the doctrine, because anybody who reads the doctrine of Islam realizes that Islam must rule everything in every way. I don't, see them, I don't see them de-Islamifying themselves. In other words, a lot of people think that somehow Islam can be reformed to become almost like after the Middle Ages where they were killing the Albigensians and the Catholic Church and they had their own private army, the Vatican did, killing people. I don't think that's the same situation at all, do you? Well, you see, what it was is those killings were in violation of the New Testament teachings, whereas when a Muslim becomes a jihadist, he is fulfilling the teachings of the Quran. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it is amazing. What's amazing yeah. is it's so clear, and yet we find that people do not want us. 
I mean, I'm censored on a daily basis because I quote Allah and I quote Muhammad. And yet for that, I'm, people say about me, oh, he's a bad person. We do, he should not be allowed to speak. And I say, you know, why not let me speak? If I'm such a complete idiot, I'll show myself to be an idiot. So let me speak. But it's, mm. we don't have... That's, yeah, let, let me... Discussions, we yeah, in other words, you're a comedian, too. In other words, let me demonstrate my idiocy by asking valid questions based on facts and statistics. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're pretty funny. And that's why you don't even make it a religious discussion. You just make it a geopolitical to say, look, what will it do to you as a citizen of whatever country, Britain, Canada, America, Australia, New Zealand, and what will the long-term effects be to the the, the sanctity of life uh, and the rights of women and children, etc.? I mean, in, in Turkey, they're up in arms, the opposing party, that they're still trying to push this law based on Islamic doctrine and religious discussion, that it's okay to marry nine-year-old girls and 12-year-old boys. This is pretty bizarre, isn't it? Let me tell you something even more bizarre. The Quran has an option for marrying women who are not even having their period yet because it gives rules on how to divorce a woman who's not had her period yet. So if, you have, if you're divorcing a woman who hasn't had her period yet, that means you married a child who was prepubescent. Whoa. Uh, I mean, think about what I just told you. By yeah, the way, I know. Bill, what kind of man wants a six-year-old child for sex? I mean, get out of here. Uh, well, they have to have a very large demon in having their frontal lobes. How's that? Or no frontal lobe. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's, it's our frontal lobes are replaced. What do you think is going to happen in twenty uh, in this this year? Because uh, I, I see a couple of what I call I call black swan events likely. I see the Iranian revolution. They've said the Iranian Republican Guard have put it down. I see economic chaos in in a number of countries around the world, partly caused by climatic and geopolitical and financial disasters. Uh, I see, for example, the uh, Bitcoin thing, which is going crazy all over the world, is going to be clamped down by the globalists and the banks. I see uh, third world countries like uh, North Korea, which is a bizarre place where they're so hungry they're eating bark and they're deceased relatives. I see uh, Islamic countries migrating from climatic but geopolitical things to Europe, and they're very demanding. I mean, I, I remember hearing reports from Germany that one, this is actually a real statement for a real story, where a woman came into a pharmacy because her child was sick, had a fever, she got extremely angry that the pharmacist asked her for any money for even at cost for the medicine to help her child. She said she just left the child in the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I see happening is very bizarre. They've, for example, the, the, of the 168,000 people that have been brought to, I think it is uh, Sweden, uh, only about 500 actually have jobs. The rest are actually receiving welfare from the state, apartments and money to buy food and everything. And they're basically well, me, like roving gangs. Let me add gangs. to that. Let me add yeah. to that. Let's take, a, let's take some Muslims who've been living in, in Austria for a year, for nearly, over a generation. Only 20% of the Turks who've migrated to Austria have a job today, and they migrated there a long time ago. 
So even after they, quote, move in and get settled in, they still don't do a lot of hard work. Which I find kind of bizarre because normally any activated people, let's say they're Italians 60, 70 years ago from Italy or Brits or Irishmen, they're going to come and do some pretty dirty jobs just to put their food on the table. And uh, But in, in, in our kind of Western, you know, nanny states like in Europe, where they didn't have to build up a giant military and they have these nanny states, the Muslims come in and don't just expect these benefits. They don't earn anything. They just demand it. It's almost like here in America, the Southern Poverty Law Center and others are actually suing to make sure that illegal women coming in here pregnant can get us to pay for an abortion for their girls. That's so bizarre that they demand services like health care and food and rooms and everything, where if you go to their countries like Guatemala, San Salvador, or whatever, you're going to get deported out of the country or thrown in prison. It's let, me ridiculous. The, what, let me address the expectations of Muslims. The relationship between a Muslim and non-Muslims is dictated by the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad. And right. what that says is, is that the Muslim has it all, and anything that the Kafir has is owed to the Muslim in the form of a tax called jizya. Right. So the Muslim is historically is supposed he sees that as his right. That is what the Kafir has belongs to Allah, and Allah has given it to the Muslims. So it is a not an expectation of hard work, but it is an expectation of a form of political extortion. You owe us. Why? Our, docu- our doctrine says you owe us. Because you are a kafir, you're inferior to us. And so therefore, that is what Allah prescribes is this relationship. So when they have these expectations, they don't see themselves as doing anything wrong. It's simply what is just, right, and due. Right. Which is so bizarre and back, I call it ass backwards. It's, it's so ridiculous. And the fact is that the leftists actually know it's backwards, but they push it, which I find well, so understand. See, the left votes to the Democratic side, and all of these illegal aliens and all of the Muslims all result in a Democratic vote. And so it's, it's a form of civilizational war to destroy the, the public republic well, and bring in people who don't believe in the republic. Well, it's similar, and it's not quite the same, but let's say DACA. I heard that 40% of the DACA kids actually don't qualify for being DACA by their regulations. Now, there's lots of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, here's the point, though. If you don't fix the immigration system, whether it's Muslims or Mexicans or Central Americans or San Salvador, you don't have a stable, you don't have a border, so you don't have a nation. The fact is, without a border, without immigration control policies, without bringing the best of people into your nation, and the best of people isn't just people that are skill sets. Um, what was the name of the uh, engineer down in New Mexico? Actually, he had a master's in engineering, and he actually was the one uh, in uh, Fort Hood, Texas, actually engineered uh, some of these doctors and other people to actually create murder. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember his name. Enwal Alaki. Right? Oh. And, and people need to understand, it's not just a matter of how qualified they are. Uh, some of the most dangerous people that are Muslims are actually highly qualified. It's well, a matter Muhammad, of, Muhammad Atta, who was the lead man of 19 <clears throat> people on September 11th, had a master's degree. His father was a physician. This idea that somehow or another <clears throat> that jihadist or somehow or another revolutionary revolutionaries is simply wrong. It has nothing to do with ec- economics. What's, although the, we've mentioned Iran earlier, the economy there, which, which has unemployment rates of 30 to 40 percent under those under the age of 30, right. is one of the elements that what the people are saying when they take off the niqab, or not the niqab, but the hij, hijab, hijab, and they take that yeah. off and bag it as a 
That's not a demand for better pay. That is a demand for getting rid of Sharia and getting rid of the mullahs. That's right. what that's about. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, I find it. I, this morning I did an interview with a man who is an apostate from Islam. He lives in Jordan. Right. And he, and he is, as you might expect, mistreated. He's not threatened with death, but he is mistreated and he doesn't have any status in court. This is the proper relationship between a Christian, which he is now, and that of Islam. That is, this business that someone other is an equality between the Kafir, the non-believer, and the Muslim is simply erroneous. Yeah, exactly, and, isn't it? So we we are supposed to be inferior. Allah says so. Wow. What I find kind of bizarre about this is that they don't want to use logic, common sense, decency, or even reasonableness. And then if you try to use them, it's a form of an affront that deserves not just intellectual violence, but physical violence. It's like Antifa. You know, if you disagree with me, you deserve to have a punch in the face for me to hit you with a truncheon. Uh, it's really bizarre, isn't it? What's really bizarre is, is I, I'm a 77-year-old man, and I grew up in a nation when I was young in which you might have wacky ideas, but nobody was going to say you need to shut up. They might laugh at you and ridicule you, but there was no attempt to shut people up. And now they or, 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 or to beat you down, in other words, because you might be older and actually wise. Uh, you don't have somebody threatening that because you have a mouth and actually speak the truth or logic which affronts them, you deserve to be beaten down physically or harmed to death. Or that's banned, the, shadow banned, or simply right. cheated against in the economic but, but, marketplace. But I, I see this as a cancer that's spreading through the culture and society, and the uh, media, whether it's uh, Facebook, Twitter, etc., are basically shadow banning the society and saying it's acceptable behavior to beat the hell out of people who don't agree with you. If they disagree with you, and it's okay to make statements that aren't even logical, like you're a racist, we're not racist, we don't care what your color your skin is, if you're Muslim and you're coming here, no matter what form of Muslim, it's toxic to our society, and people don't want to accept that, do they? Well, it's not the Muslim that's toxic, it is the doctrine that is toxic. Yeah, that's, what, that's, what, that's, that's what my point is. The, the fact is the doctrine is toxic, and people don't want to accept that, do they? Well, no, they don't. I can assure you of that. I get told that frequently with emails and also the fact that I'm... Look, let me give you an example of Google. I invented the term political Islam in its current form and usage, which is now becoming quite popular. It says, I've been at this for 15 years. It used to be if you Googled, and I'm using that word, Googled political Islam, I not only was the top listing, I was the top three screens. That is, you scroll down, I owned it all. But now that uh, the Google has a policy of, if you criticize Islam, we will, we will push you down in the ratings, and if you praise Islam, we will raise you in the ratings. It's now that two-thirds of those are gone now. And this is... This is a form of censorship. And it's, it, but who, the problem is, is that it's perfectly acceptable. For, I mean, it's like, well, of course they should be able to censor you. Here's the way I feel about free speech. We have many rights in our Bill of Rights, and the most important is free speech. Because once you lose free speech, you lose freedom of press, you lose freedom of religion, you lose freedom of everything. When you can no longer open your yap to tell somebody who you think is oppressor that you're an oppressor and you're wrong, you're hosed. There's no longer free speech. We don't have no longer a nation. Yeah, and in fact, I think the balkanization that uh, Barack Obama was doing was what I call malignant tribalism of all 
stereotypes, and it's pushed by Hollywood, by the media, by the left, by the globalists, to eventually break us down to the point where we're no longer a nation, and we break literally into tribal groups and sub-sections of the United States in a tribal area. That's how dangerous this is. Do we have time for a question for me? Why is it if you're a Hollywood star, you know a lot about politics? Well, it depends if, if, you're, if it's entomology, politics, which means many bloodsuckers. So <laughs> maybe that's what they're talking about. Could be, Dr. Phil. <laughs> Final joke, eh? We'll have you back on soon. Thank you for your wisdom. Politicalislam.com. Get the books. Get the truth. From Bill Warner.